You're listening to Way Outside. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Way Outside. My name is Jake Coffin, and today we have a lot of college basketball to talk about. Um, if this is your first episode, my name, I already said, my name is Jake Coffin. I am a 17-year-old from Chicago, Illinois, who just loves talking basketball, and I love to have love everyone that's listening. So, I got a lot to get into. First of all, I want to talk about... So I mean, you guys saw I made my bracket last week. I told on my last episode I talked about my bracket picks, and uh, let's just say they're not. It's not going great. I'm in the fifty seventh percentile. I've lost a lot. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much my bracket is dead. Yeah, I've already lost an elite eight team, and I'll get into that in just a second. But I want to talk about first. There were some really good games that last weekend, and uh. Just remind me how much I love March Madness. Why this tournament is just so awesome. Because I just love watching the emotions that these kids put on the floor. Kids, even though I'm, yeah, but I love watching the emotions they put on the floor. The the heart, the passion. It's like I love watching the NBA, but you don't see that consistently in the NBA. And this time, this is they they play like every game like it's the last day of their lives and. It's honestly all inspiring, especially when you see these insanely good teams like Duke or Gonzaga or all the one seeds, and you and then one go. It's just very special to see, and it's been great. So, and I later I will get into my top three for individual performers that I want to get into. But first, I'm going to talk about the story of why I already lost an Elite Eight team. Um. Yeah, so we're going to do this. So first of all, my elite team that is lost is Wofford. If you've never heard of Wofford, I'm not surprised. They're a random college in Kentucky. I don't even remember. They're a, random, they're a very small school, but the, and the reason, like, why do you have a small school like that in Elite Eight? Well, first of all, they're a seven seed, so it's not like an unrealistic thing. Second of all, they have the, one of the most dynamic offenses in college basketball. They're a very great three-point shooting team. They actually have the player who is now the all-time leader in three-pointers made at in NCAA history, Fletcher McGee, who had who in round one had a great game where he shot like seven of twelve from three. He made it and he carried Wofford to a win over Seton Hall. Yeah. Fletcher McGee was not good against Kentucky. He actually was 0 of 12 from three. And it's like. And uh, people that watched, didn't watch the first game and see, oh, he had a lot of tough shots. But the thing about Fletcher McGee is, those are the shots he takes every game. They just didn't go in. <laughs> yeah, Wofford got killed by Kentucky. It ruined my bracket because I, I, I don't like Kentucky, so I had Wofford going to beat Kentucky because I just kind of wishful thinking. Because I thought Wofford was a team, and I saw a lot of things saying that they could go really far because of their dynamic offense. But pretty much, yeah, they lost. And... That was not fun. <laughs> now we're gonna so we're gonna talk about now the first team that broke my bracket. So the first team that lost a game when I so it was um yeah I didn't even make it like the past the first four games. Yeah, I didn't even make it till the night before my game. 
So the first team that was New Mexico State. And because I had picked the 12-5 upset over Auburn because I don't know why I did. I looked into it. It seemed like there was a good matchup. And I would have been right if not for two things. Here's what happens, okay? Auburn ends up losing this game 77-78. to I mean, I mean, fuck. New Mexico State ends up losing this game 77-78. to Okay, here's what happens. There's with 1.1 seconds left. They're down two. It's it's 76-78. New Mexico State, Terrell Brown gets fouled shooting a three. So gets free free throws. Three free throws. He's a 78% free throw shooter. But guess what? He makes one out of three. When he only needed to... If he made all three, he would have given us the lead. If he had made two, he would have tied it. First of all, nonetheless, he makes he misses the first, he makes the second, and misses the third. And the third one, it goes out of bounds off of Auburn, so it gives them the ball, and they still have like 0.8 seconds left. They have enough time for a good shot, even though it's probably a contested shot. Here's what happened next. Somehow, after they, they designed a great play, they have a wide open corner three from. Traveling Queens, but he airballs it so badly, like by three feet. And I'm just, and I'm watching this, like, I'm walking my way back from school, and I'm just like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, I get it, it's pressure, but he was wide open. And first of all, Terrell Brown, make another free throw. You're a 78% free throw shooter. Yeah, man, that one got me mad because I wanted to try to last for a while. But um, there's some other games that i mad that I didn't pick. I'm mad that, um, and I'll get into some of these later, but I'm really mad that I for some reason went against um, Murray State because there's this guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, his name is John Morant. He's just kind of good at basketball. Oh, Jesus. And also that I for some reason picked... Um, I didn't, so I picked a 5-12 from, the only 5-12 matchup I picked to win was New Mexico State, but that was the only one that didn't win. Oh, actually, well, I did pick Oregon, my bad. I did pick Oregon to beat Wisconsin, and they did, so I did that, but I also, I did not pick Liberty to beat, who did the, I did not beat, predict Liberty to beat whoever they played in the first round, and I did not pick um, who's the other 512? I did not pick Murray State. I picked, I picked Marquette. Maybe wishful because I want to go to Marquette, but still, I messed up. Marquette got blown out. Yeah, so that was not good. My 512s really killed me. Uh, I had all the 1-2s and 3s advancing, obviously, so those didn't do it. I did not have UC Wilmot and you went UC, Wilmot, or UC Irvine Wilmot winning. Their first round game, and they ended up doing that, so that didn't help me. Um, I had Nevada winning, but they lost to Florida, so that didn't help me. Yeah, there's a lot of games I messed up on. Um, my bracket's looking really bad, but so, and I've already said, I've already missing an Elite 18. My Sweet 16 is not looking great, guys. But, you know, no one's bracket's good. There's only one perfect bracket the entire world, and it's gonna like end next, probably the first game next week. So, yeah. Okay, now I'm done ranting. Let's move on. It's like before, there's three player shout-outs I want to give. So I'm doing a three stars a night. So well, I'm going to go... So one is the best. So I'm going to start from number three. Number three, I have to give it to Ja Morant versus Marquette that first round. He had the first triple-double in the NCAA tournament since 2012, Draymond Green. 
He had he had 17 points, 11 rebounds, 16 assists, only took nine shots. And if you watch this game, you see some of these passes he's making are just otherworldly. Like, he had one where he took the ball over his head with two hands and just chucked it down perfectly to field. He had a bunch of no looks. He had a bunch of passes that you don't, I don't even, that you don't, that, I, that these are like Rajon Rondo, Lonzo Ball esque, that you don't see these. Like, he's seeing the defenses before it happens. And he is like that elite, elite court vision. Yes, he finished with seven turnovers, but also most, a lot of those turnovers were his teammates dropping the ball or other stuff that could have not been attributed to him. And also, he made a couple really bad, ill advised passes, but otherwise, he was. Great. Number two is going to be Purdue's Carson Edwards in the second round game against the defending champ Villanova. This dude dropped 42 on Villanova on 12 of 21 shooting, 9 of 16 from three. Also added six rebounds and one assist. And this guy is listed 6'1". I don't think he's an inch above 5'10", honestly. Look at this guy. He's tiny. And also, if I found thing I found out really surprising, this guy this year has been shooting 33% from three and 39% from the field, but somehow in the NCAA term is able is able to up that to 12 of 21 and nine of 16. And they did it was a giant blow win. It was 87 to 61, but still, I think it it helped make it a lot easier for Purdue, especially when um, Ryan Klein had been struggling really much, and also. Um, Matt Harms struggled too. But, um, yeah. And number one, I got to give it to Aubrey Dawkins on um, UCF. If you did not watch this amazing game that was on um, Sunday night. Oh, my God. So, he was playing Duke. He's the son of the coach of UCF, which his name is Johnny Dawkins. But, don't be fooled. This guy's way better than just the son of the coach, man. He was uh, He had 32... Rebounds, three, I mean, 32 points, three rebounds, four assists, three steals, 12 of 18 shooting, five of seven from three, and almost had the game-winning putback of his life. I'm going to try to paint a picture of you this here. Okay, Duke struggled this game, mainly because there's this guy named Taco Fall who is 7'6 on UCF that pretty much prevents Zion from dunking on him. Yes, and as you know, if you don't, Duke is not a good three-point shooting team. They are very bad. They were actually ranked not even in the top 300 because if you think about it, um, name one, and there's not there's only one good shooter in the starting lineup, and that's and that's Cam Reddish. Everyone else, Trey Jones can't shoot. Zion is an inconsistent three-point shooter. R.J. Barrett isn't consistent. Trey Jones is terrible at shooting, and Deloria has probably never attempted a three in his life. Okay, so yeah. So pretty much, the thing with Duke is, is they, when you have a team like this, who also, when you have Taco Fall, who also didn't have the just that has, I think, at three seven-footers on their team, it's going to challenge Duke, and that's why they were challenged. They also didn't come to play. Zion had to end up carrying him. He had 32 and 11 himself. But, um, yeah, Aubrey Dawkins was absolutely amazing. So get back to the, what happened in the putback. So this game is up. Uh, so the score is 77-76 right after R.J. Barrett puts back in Zion's missed free throw that would have tied the, tied the game at 76. Next six. So there's eight seconds in. Here's what happens. Um, 
Terrell Allen gets the ball inbound with 8.1 seconds. He drives, he drives to the rim, goes for a floater. Trey Jones contests it and defends it very well without fouling. It's a rebound. It's long. Here comes Aubrey Dawkins flying in off from the key. Flying in, Jose. Tries to tap it up, put it back for layup. This ball goes around, around, goes around and past the rim, just barely missing, right as time expires. If you look on the UCF bench, they think it's in. The coach thinks it's in. Everyone thinks it's in, and then it doesn't. And then he, if you look on his face, he goes right to the um, stanchion and is immediately in tears. And I feel so much for this kid. I mean, he put it really all out on the court. I mean, Duke is just such an amazing team. It's hard to beat. This guy put his. This guy proved that he could be a M- potential NBA player. Honestly, I think he's a six-six wing with, who can shoot and defend. Yeah, another thing I've seen is him getting criticized a lot because of the fact that he missed an alley oop there and saying, "Oh, why did you go for a layup?" The only thing, what I'm going to say to that is, are you kidding me? And you're in that moment, you're going to want it to have the alley oop play. It wasn't like he tried to do a flashy dunk; he just tried to do a normal dunk, and it was like, "There's two minutes left." It's just thing. And also, another thing I noticed is that the ball slipped out of a lot of people's hands. Like, the people were slipping, especially on the side of the court that Duke was on in the first half and that um, UCF was on the second half. Like, if you noticed, if you watched the entire game, Zion slipped like three times on that side of the court. He had to try terrible. He had a hard time dribbling on that side of the court. And Zion is normally a great dribbler, especially for someone of his size. And yeah, so. I think there's something that played into that, but anyway, that was a crazy game, and this put a lot of people are saying is, oh, this means Duke isn't gonna go far because they just love the UCF or whatever. No, I still think Duke. I mean, Duke is the team I picked. I still think they're gonna win it all, and here is why. There's no more Taco Fall in the rest of this tournament. There's no more seven six guy that's gonna that just breaks the entire game up. Second of all, R.J. Barrett, you still you have three NBA prospects. And potentially a fourth if Trey Jones could figure out how to shoot better than like 2% from three. But this team is just so stacked. Look, think about it. Zion had Zion Williamson is the best. Zion Williamson can get you 30 any night as long off of putbacks, steals. He can generate, he doesn't, he can't create it. To some extent, he can create his own shot. He can dribble off his own. He's also a great willing passer at the perimeter position and also is one of the is an insane defender with the athleticism of Derrick Rose. So first of all, you got Zion. Second of all, you got RJ Barrett. And I think when, if if you put RJ Barrett on any other college team, he's a number one option and he's a great number one option. He's a six seven wing with very left handed wing with very good athleticism. He can shoot a decent amount. The only problem with him is that uh, again is that first of all he does not have a right hand. He needs to he needs to be more ambidextrous because Zion's very good with his right hand. RJ Barrett needs to figure out how to be better with his right hand because he's less predictable. Also, he needs to get a little bit better from three because he's not a giant wing. But overall, you have RJ. Cam Reddish. This guy gets so slept on because of the teams he plays with. Cam Reddish is insanely good. A great shooter, a great player. He's gonna go in the NBA. When you go have that big three, I mean it's like also. This is a very bold statement. I think Trey Jones is the best on-ball defender in the entire country. If you watch the games, this guy is completely in your grill. He's not fouling. He forced 
like five or so different turnovers that don't even show up in the stat because they couldn't get it to the guy. They would deny the ball so well he had to just throw it out of bounds. Trey Jones is a special player. And his mid-range game is very good. Yes, he's, he hurts Duke because he can't shoot. Also, one thing is, thing is Zion is not a great shooter, obviously, but Zion can hit threes. If you leave him open, Zion can hit threes. And I think that's the thing that's what we're saying is the only person that if you leave open won't be able to hit a three are Delorier and Trey Jones. And Zion can hit open threes, Reddish can easily hit open threes, and Barrett can hit open threes. So I think they're more worried about that. First of all, the athleticism. They're also, the thing about Duke that no one talks about, everyone talks about their maintain offense, they are one of the best defensive teams in the country, led because of Zion and Trey Jones, obviously. But R.J. Barrett can defend, Reddish defend, Delorier is primary def- a defender. This team is insanely good in defense. And good defensive teams are usually, that have offensive talent are usually the teams that go far. The difference between that and for like a team like Virginia is Virginia has an inconsistent offense. And that's why I've always picked against Virginia and will never think they can win. Until I see a consistent offensive spurt. And I'm starting to see that proof of that in their first two games. But yeah, so um Yeah. That's what my point about the Zion Duke thing. Yes. Am I very wishfully because I have picked Duke in my bracket? I don't want to look dumb? Very. But do I actually think that, that I'm right about this shit? Yes, I do. Okay, guys, and right before we go, I have some special announcement. We have a very special guest who I'm going to be interviewing on the next episode of this, which will be coming out either Wednesday or Thursday. I am not. It's a surprise. I'm not going to tell anyone. All I'm going to say is you're, you're not going to want to miss it. And it's, it's, a, it's not like one of my friends or anything. This is a professional in, in the NBA, and it's going to be really exciting, guys. So you might want to check in. So... Anyways, that's it for this episode. If this is your first time listening, make sure to follow me and like and watch all the other episodes. They're very good. My name is Jay Coffin. I'll see you next time on Way Outside.